All aboard for the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along on this Wednesday afternoon. John Michael Hoefling from ABC10 in studio with me. What's up, man? Not much, man, but it's good to be back. Ready for the game tonight? Oh, yeah. You know it, dude. Big one tonight. How confident are you feeling given the battle of attrition the Warriors are fighting right now? You know what I have said on your show before. I said the Raptors would take game one and the Warriors would go on to win four in a row. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Warriors... We're shooting 28% in the first half, or the first, yeah, the first half in game two. And still, they were able to come out on top. They've been playing atrociously, they've been injured, and still it is tied 1-1. I am not worried at all. They're going to take the next three games. You've got Ingadala that right now is making his case that he should be an NBA Hall of Famer someday. I like the way Iggy's playing right now. Iggy's playing great. I think Iggy, I think Iggy is a Hall of Famer, but then again, and this is like an unpopular opinion of mine, but... I think the Hall of Fame is sort of not as prolific. Baseball, it's like, you need to be a legend Mm -hmm. to make it. And there are some legends that don't even make it. No. But I tell you what, I like Ingadon on the way he's playing right now. And I brought this up a few days ago. Would I be crazy to think if the series ended right now, based on what we know right now, Draymond Green at least has a case to be finals MVP? Yeah, I'd say that. He's held quite well. Iguodala has a chance to... I think there are a lot of people with a chance, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I'd say that Kawhi Leonard doesn't have the best chance. It's the same, it's the same thing on both sides. I don't think Steph or Kawhi are, are the best chances to win MVP if the series were to end right now. Mm-hmm. Even though they are the stars, I think more likely it'd be Spicy P and, like you said, Draymond. Is there anybody on Toronto's side that has a chance not named Kawhi Leonard? Spicy P. Spicy P. Oh, Siakam, okay. Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam. I like Siakam, I really do. Even Van Van Vliet, I think, has been playing really well. I just can't see someone else other than Kawhi Leonard getting it. I know, it's weird to think about, but, I mean, you got to give it to the best player, right? I think that is Kawhi Leonard, though. Yeah, well, he might be the best player, but because he's drawing so much attention, it allows other people to step up, and because other people have stepped up, they've been the most valuable in this series. I think you can say the same thing about Steph. You can say the same thing about Steph, but that doesn't mean that he's been the most valuable because, what you, I mean, it all depends on the look. Yeah, how you the, define how you, the award. It's like, I mean, if that were the case, I mean, Aaron Rodgers would win MVP every single year because oh, we don't worry about the ground game. We just sort of protect against Rodgers, try to contain him. But he doesn't win MVP every year because they can develop a game plan against him and just sort of shorten him out, even though he might cause the most ruckus in the locker room or def- in the defensive film room when you can game plan around them and force other people to make plays that limits their value so when you think about what Steph has done right now he's you know scored fairly well but he hasn't really had that takeover moment where the game's really just revolving around him he scored 34 and 23 so far in the series but he hasn't really dominated like we know he can based on what he's doing right now where the most valuable aspect of his game is his ability to suck in defenses does that deserve the MVP right now I don't think so and that's just from watching him like yes he provided a lot of that but just watching him, like, even on that last play where Iguodala got that open three, Steph was getting trapped, he just threw it, and that should have been intercepted by Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard should have come up with a steal there, but instead it ends up in Livingston's hands, and Livingston finds the open Andre Iguodala. There are so many cases where stuff like that has happened, where Steph is getting trapped, and he just sort of grenade tosses it over his head, and then all of a sudden it ends up in Draymond's hands, or Boogie's hands, or something, where it's just one of those scenarios where... Toronto Raptors should be able to capitalize on those kind of 
foolish moments of lapse in judgment. Clay Thompson is the glue that holds... I think Clay, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andrew Bogut are the three pieces that are so underappreciated on the Warriors, I feel like. Because Andrew Bogut is a guy who... Elite rim protector, which is something the Warriors have always struggled to find. And he's not the offensive threat he once was, but mm-hmm. he's still a phenomenal defensive player. When you take him out, that's when guys like, back when the Warriors were playing the Cavs every year, LeBron James, or if they were to play the Bucks this year, Antetokounmpo would shine through and take that. He's a better defender than DeMarcus Cousins. Don't forget opinion. Timothy Mosgow. Yeah, Timothy Mosgow. <laughs> or Tristan Thompson there you go. was dominating as well. So those three guys, because Clay Thompson... I've heard a lot of analysis on Clay Thompson, and I sort of agree with one point I've heard. Clay Thompson fits in any system. He doesn't mm-hmm. steal shots. He, he doesn't steal shots. He doesn't try to run the offense. He just takes what is given to him. He gets put in a situation and scores. Like, yeah, he tries to get open, and yeah, he can be a top option for an offense, but he can also be a third option for an offense, mm-hmm. like with the Warriors with Steph Curry, Durant, and Thompson. And then Draymond Green, of course, being able to play every position. But the absence of any one of those three greatly hinders the Warriors' offensive capabilities and defensive capabilities. They're getting to the point where despite the talent they are able to put on the floor, Curry, Cousins, Green, your bench has got to start to matter at some point because right now they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. It seems, well, not necessarily, but as far as being a really top-tier team, the bottom of the barrel would be when your sixth and seventh men are Livingston and Quinn Cook. I don't think that that's a bad six and seven. Quinn Cook has shown an ability to score when he needs to. It's not an NBA final six or seven, though. Uh, that's that's I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like like I've heard, the starters for the Warriors are just dominating. I mm-hmm. mean, what was it? Kyle Lowry was minus 17 mm-hmm. last game. Kawhi Leonard was minus 14. So the starters are really... I mean, at most, we got how many more games? Like five? Mm-hmm. Man, uh, just just play the just play the rest of those five games. Uh, like, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be grueling. But if you really want to win another championship, which I would imagine every single player does, especially Demarcus Cousins, get on your horse and work for those last five games. I do think Kevin Durant's gonna come back for Game Four, though. Yeah, Game Four he'll be back for sure. I see him coming back for that. Mm-hmm. He's just not gonna allow his team to get too deep in this series. If they take a three-one lead and he hasn't been on the floor for it, what does that do for his legacy or his perceived notion of his legacy? I've seen so many things where it's like Kevin Durant is secretly rooting against the Warriors. No. (laughs) No. You want your team to win, and it doesn't ruin his legacy. We already knew that the Warriors were a great team to begin with, but we know that they are just on another level Mm -hmm. or something. They add another incredible threat with Durant. Durant is still going to be the most most sought-after player. There's nobody looking at Durant right now and saying, I don't want him. He couldn't even help the Warriors. <laughs> There's nobody doing that. So I don't think it ruins anything. Maybe it ruins his legacy a little bit, saying that they were able to win. But in terms of him on a strictly just basketball-playing basis, he's still going to be the most sought-after player this offseason. He's still going to make a metric ton of money. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if he if people are going to look at that and say, oh, he's not as good as LeBron because of that, where does he end up going this offseason? Because we know he's not going to come back. Everyone says New York. I don't think that's going to happen. People say a better fit would be Brooklyn. I just can't see a guy like him going to Brooklyn. It just feels like an expansion franchise to me. I, I, keep, I keep thinking that people are overlooking Washington. 
It's his hometown. Mm-hmm. It's his hometown. He was looking. He was looking at Washington. They were probably his second or third choice when he joined the Warriors uh, three years ago. I think that Washington has a very good chance to to grab him. I mean, especially if they can get John Wall healthy, that'd be a good three with mm-hmm. uh, with him, Beal, and John Wall. So I think they have the makings of a good team, and yeah, just adding him would be extra. What about the Clippers? Do you think they have any shot at landing him? Would he be a good fit? I think with that they're LA? going after Kawhi first. Kawhi I'm not has sure sh- if they're going to get him. Though. Well, because Kawhi has shown more interest than Durant in joining the Clippers, mm-hmm. so I think they're going to go after the guy that wants to join them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think on top of their board right now is Kawhi, then followed by KD, and I think they're going to get one of those two, but more likely Kawhi. Do you think it worries them that Kawhi just bought property in Toronto? Or that's the report, is that he bought property in Toronto, which think, why would he do that if he was offered a penthouse? Yeah, I, well, obviously it worries me a little bit, but at the same time, you get all these reports, they've got to mean something. There's no, like, blank news, unless you're Rob Polinka nowadays, but... Anytime you hear something, that means that something along those lines has been said. There are so many reports that say Kawhi wants to be a Clipper, he wants to come to L.A., but doesn't want to be overshadowed by LeBron, which, let's face it, if you're on the Clippers, you're going to be overshadowed by LeBron. <laughs> the fact that there are all those reports, it's not going to be, oh yeah, that was just a joke. No, after so many reports, you start to get the feeling, okay, there has to be some truth to this. So I think it is a little bit true. Do you think it would benefit him to leave Toronto? No, but that the, the, the <laughs> no way the city's embracing is tough to walk. What away. do we know, man? But I know. What do we know? We're not inside his head, yeah. and I don't think he's going to let on anything that would take us inside his head. He's very good at keeping it concrete. Mm-hmm. He doesn't let anybody know what's going on, which I think is is good. Whereas LeBron was like, "I'm down to these three teams <laughs> all the time." And that's one thing about Kawhi. I, li- I like that because mm-hmm. Kawhi can handle media really well. Yeah. Moves he's not in silence. He's not somebody who is ever going to be locker room drama. Like we thought at the beginning of the year, oh, he, he said something like he doesn't want to be in Toronto or he thinks Toronto's boring. It's going to be toxic for the locker room. And then now they're in the NBA Finals. When he did that press conference with his laugh, he's a fun guy. And we thought, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. And now look how it worked out. Yeah. So I think he, he, he's another guy that fits in a lot of systems. He needs to be the number one guy mm-hmm. if, if he wants to work out. But if he is the number one guy, he fits on any team. I tell you what, DeMar DeRozan feeling maybe a little bit slighted by how this all worked out. He said he still is cheering for the Raptors, but he believes that the Raptors' success in large part is still due to him, even though he mm-hmm. was traded for the guy that's leading them to the finals. Oh, yeah, you got traded for the guy that led them to the finals. <laughs> that built the team so to speak. You helped build the team. Like Anthony Bennett, as bad as he was, yeah, I was used to help bring LeBron back to Cleveland, (laughs) which helped build that one championship that Cleveland now has. I forgot about Anthony Bennett. Everybody was bad. (laughs) Yeah, everybody forgot about Anthony Bennett. Oh, but I tell you what, Warriors and Raptors tonight, what's the spread on this one? What are you thinking? Warriors by three. I think game three is going to be closer. Game four, when Durant returns and maybe people get healthier, Warriors are going to win that one by about 12 or 13. Clay would be back for sure. Durant, I think, would be back. And then turn on the afterburners. This series is pretty much over. And the Warriors are so good at closing, they're going to win. When they have three wins, they're going to win the next game. Well, 2016... Yeah, they're they're past they're that. past that. There's, there's no LeBron caliber player on the Raptors. Kawhi's great now, but mm-hmm. he's no LeBron. 
Oh, but I tell you what, Warriors and Raptors can be heard tonight here on ESPN-UP. We'll have the ESPN broadcast. You can get it online with our app as well. We owe you our first time out when we come back. Bad News Browns, Cleveland's worst fears are coming true. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along on your Wednesday afternoon. We look to the Cleveland Browns in the NFL, and the Browns have been making news, maybe not in the ways that you would like them to. I tell you what, they may have the most talented team in the AFC North. I think they do. They have one of the most talented teams in the AFC as a whole, and yet I don't see them as being a playoff team this year. I really don't. I don't either. I think they're going to miss it because as much talent as a team might have, chemistry does matter, and they don't have that right now. They need more than just talent. Teams are not built based on great wide receivers and a young, young, fun quarterback. They're built on offensive line depth, a defense that can stop the pass. You know two teams that have those? Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. and the Baltimore Ravens. They're not even going to win that division. They're not going to win that division. No. I still think they're going to finish third. Right now, they are throwing Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Duke Johnson, Kareem Hunt, who else did they get this offseason? And they're throwing them all into a pot and saying, which of you is going to be the first to grow up and lead this team? And right now it's probably Baker. I mean, Baker has to be. He is growing up. He's more mature than he was at Oklahoma, well, certainly. He's a face. I think Njoku has been very good at like handling himself and handling all the pressure put on him because he mm-hmm. hasn't lived up to expectations. But no. he's, he's taken it in stride and he's trying to get better. But Baker is an actual face of the franchise. He's a star. So he, they need a media personality to step up and take control and show that the team can combine and form a championship-caliber team, they need Baker to show that, or at least somebody, but Odell's not going to. And Baker is maturing. He's getting there. I don't think he's ready for that role yet, however. They may have the most talented team in the North, but they're not going to win it because of what's going on inside the locker room. They're all making a big deal about Odell Beckham not being at voluntary OTAs. Remember the week before the Giants' last playoff game, he voluntarily went down to Miami, then came back, subsequently had a terrible game against the Packers in the NFC Wild Was that, was that, the, was that the, the yacht picture? Yep, and yep. They, the Giants went 8-25 and after that. <laughs> so, he's doing similar things in Cleveland. Baker... Uh, Odell's attitude has not matured, has not gotten better. Now Duke Johnson is requesting a trade, which it's hard to blame him. He's not going to play behind Kareem Hunt and Carlos Hyde. And Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb. And Duke Johnson wants out of there, and I can understand that. Baker, however, was not happy about it. He calls out Duke Johnson, and it's leading to subsequent upset feelings in the Browns locker room. Got a clip of Baker talking about what happened with Duke Johnson. Duke's in kind of an awkward spot now. Is it awkward? It's not awkward. It's not awkward? No. Why not? You know, it's self-inflicted. It is what it is. It's not awkward for anybody else in this building. How do you support him? Do you support him as a teammate then while he's here? Like, how do you go about doing that? He's got to do his job. He said he's a professional. I hope he does his job. I don't blame Duke Johnson. I don't think he's being a distraction. I don't know what's going on. To make it public, like Duke Johnson sort of did, I think that that's a little short-sighted. But other than that, like, yeah, you can't blame him for wanting to play, wanting to be the star. 
Like, nobody blames Kyrie Irving. Right. Yeah. You know, and I can see your point about going public with it, but at the same point, if he doesn't do anything, then he's going to be the fourth string running back on a team that's not even going to make the playoffs, and he's good enough to yep. at least contribute to an NFL But team. at the same time, you're the fourth string running back. If you just go up to the front office and say, hey, I'd like to be traded, but keep it cool with your teammates. Don't let it, don't let it get out. Like, just stay cool. Act like you still want to be there, but at the same time, just sort of talk with the general manager, talk with the owner. Nobody's going to figure it out. You think anybody's going to notice if Toby Gerhardt requests request a trade? <laughs> Where is he now? No idea. I, just the first name that came to my mind, great, great guy at Stanford. <laughs> I am a Stanford Cardinal fan. So, yeah, just a guy that came to my head. But Toby Gerhardt, Anthony Bennett, I'm thinking back to 2013, <laughs> that era. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to notice if, if the fact that the team found out means that he had to have at least been upset in the locker room or talked about wanting to leave in the locker room, which is not good. I don't think that is even the tip of the iceberg with Cleveland's problems internally. And despite their talent, I think that's going to be their biggest downfall. Brady Kitchens is a great coach. At least I think he will turn into a great coach, but he hasn't been around long enough. He hasn't had the head coaching experience to be able to deal with these kind of tempers and attitudes in the locker room. It's just a toxic situation for everybody. I think one thing about Freddie Kitchens is, yeah, he had a good, great half season, but it's half a season. People are going to start to pick up on film. People are going to, like, look what happened to Brock Osweiler. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up with all these weird names. But, like, <laughs> I mean, Kitchens could end up being great, but at the same time, being able to handle that stuff. Like, Mike Singletary with the 49ers. Oh, boy. Yeah. He was the opposite. He mm-hmm. was able to handle so many bad, bad attitudes, but couldn't manage all the talent. You need to be able to find that good combination, like um, like Pete Carroll was able to do in mm-hmm. Seattle, which turned out phenomenally. But I don't, we don't know if Freddie Kitchens can handle an Odell Beckham Jr. in the locker room yet. I get the feeling from him that he can't. That's just my feeling. I don't have a lot to base that off of, just based on how I've heard him the talk. Fact that, the fact that OBJ didn't show up to voluntary OTAs makes me think he That's can't. a big, big yeah. part of it, yeah. As a coach, I think you need to get your new star player who's supposed to be the big reason your offense is going to be number one in the NFL, you need to get into the facility. And you hear Baker talk about his new, we would think, favorite target, his top wide receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. There's not a lot of confidence oozing from Baker. He said, you just got to trust that a guy like that is going to show up. It sounds more like wishful thinking rather well, than confidence. I don't know. They haven't had a lot of time. They haven't had any game experience together. He's yeah, that's always, why he's got to be at OTAs. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, Baker's already got a great rapport with Rashad Higgins, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku a little bit. I, I don't think it's bad that Baker said that because he's already got a great receiver. One of the great receivers in the game, Jarvis Landry, when you get another guy that's supposed to go, you have your old guy, this friend, this person that you succeeded with, and you're like, I could do it with this guy. Why do I need this guy? So I get that sort of psychology behind why Baker's a little bit skeptical about OBJ, but at the same time, he needs to realize that this could be a great tool. If I didn't suffer through this last Celtics season, I'd probably agree with you. Because mm-hmm. adding talent, it can boost your team, your rating on Madden, what have you, but KD. your chemistry and what have you. It, it didn't work out for Boston, and I don't see that working out for... I mean, there's a reason Odell was traded from New York, and it wasn't because of performance. That's going to come to Cleveland. I it's just same, see it happening. It's the same thing with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Exactly. Le'Veon Bell had negative 10 yards rushing yesterday in camp. <laughs> it's a good day for the defense. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Jets' defense is a little bit <laughs> underrated. Like, let's give them that. But 
It's what I've thought about Le'Veon Bell, benefactor of that incredible offensive line in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. There's no way he's going to be as good in, in New York. Especially after taking a year off. Yep. I just don't see how it... I, I don't value know. value by trying to raise his value. Yeah. Oh, Alanis Morissette would be proud of that irony. I don't know how it's going to work for him in New York. I honestly don't see him being the superpower he was in Pittsburgh. I think he'll be good. I don't think he'll be dominant like he I don't, was. I don't even think he'll be the best running back in that division. Really? James White. I like James White. I James do. James White's great. He was he's on my amazing. fantasy team. Yeah, he's great. Kind he scores touchdowns, he receives, mm-hmm. he does everything. Yeah, he kind of plays the same way as Le'Veon Bell does, similar he, body he, types. He's a better version of Deion Lewis. Hmm. And Deion Lewis was amazing in New England's offense. I like that. Yeah. I like that. New England's had some awesome running backs go through there lately. And then as soon as they leave New England, they're, they're atrocious. <laughs> Uh, remember Corey Dillon? Even Rex Burkhead has has, yes. his, has his good stuff. Mike Gillisley. Mm-hmm. Mike Gillisley had what six touchdowns in the first three games last year? Lawrence Maroney, a oh, guy who just yeah, dropped off the yeah. face of the earth after he left New England. Or who? Legarrette Blunt. Legarrette Blunt touchdowns and then mm-hmm. went to Detroit and trying his darndest no, to get no, out yeah. of Carry On Johnson's shadow. Yeah, but. Probably, Probably surpass the. Probably. I don't Is Theoretic still with the Lions? I don't even know. No idea. Carry on Johnson. We, I just had a huge. We, we had a huge debate about Carry on Johnson at ABC 10 the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's a thousand yard rusher. No? No. A lot of people have a lot of belief in him. I just don't see it with Carry on Johnson. Is it because of the line or is it because of his skill set? Oh, it's because of the line right now. Mm-hmm. But, but any running back can be great with a good offensive line. Right. Yeah. I mean, Adrian Peterson almost rushed for 1,000 yards last year. Yeah, but he was, well, okay, last year, yeah. Yeah. Trent Williams is the biggest part of that offensive line. It's, it's incredible mm-hmm. because of Trent Williams. But if he stays hurt, it's not going to be good. Think if Adrian Peterson, present-day Adrian Peterson, played for the Vikings behind that offensive line right now. I don't think it's a very good offensive line. It's a terrible offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of any running backs today that are succeeding behind a bad offensive line? Uh, Saquon? Okay, yeah, Saquon. Saquon might be the only one. Yeah, probably. That's about the only one that can come to mind. Well, uh, because... I think Joe Mixon, too. Joe Mixon. Okay, yeah, good. you can make the case for Joe Mixon. Gurley has a good offensive line Andrew in front Booth of him. is phenomenal. Yeah. Roger Saffold was great. Cowboys have a great offensive line. Amazing offensive line. Mm-hmm. Eagles don't have a phenomenal running back, but their line's doing pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And, well, but they use a very, like, they use, they use a huge system, or what's, what's the word? Just mm-hmm. as soon as you cut off one, more heads grow. With Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi, Garrett Blunt. So, they've got so many guys back there. Speaking of offensive lines, the way that Cleveland is somewhat in turmoil in their locker room, do you think that behind closed doors, what are the odds that Freddie Kitchens is begging Joe Thomas to come out of retirement? Not just because he's a monster and he was talented, but because they need an actual leader in Cleveland right now. He was incredible. But, have you seen his transformation? He actually looks better he, now that he's not stressed he out. He is by a male model now. <laughs> he is a gorgeous man. It's like you get off all that stress like, from trying to play yeah. on the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, so that's that's the thing. You could ask him to come back, but he's not built for line right now. He could no. be an offensive line coach, I think. Sure, he'd be a phenomenal offensive line coach, but. I think his presence on Twitter is already good enough. <laughs> He's making a career off that. Let's get him to come back and put him at like linebacker and get Pat McAfee to something, come back. Man, yeah. Wouldn't that be fun to yeah. see if Joe Thomas could relearn a position in the NFL? He can do it all, man. He I feel be, like he, he could. He could be a quarterback now. <laughs> I feel like he'd be kind of fun to have instead of maybe like Josh Allen. Did you see this? There's this thing on Twitter. There's a tweet going around that's like, 
It has a gif of all 32 NFL quarterbacks. When you tap it, it stops. And whichever quarterback it stops on is the one that's leading your team down the field for a game-winning drive. Would you be comfortable with that quarterback? I was trying it over and over and over, and I kept getting quarterbacks I could not feel comfortable in. Sam Darnold. Joe Flacco. I got Dwayne Haskins. Oh, Joe one Flacco. I, I got mean, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. If it's the fourth quarter in the playoffs, I'm wanting Joe Flacco. Maybe six years ago. Oh, still, man. I mean, right I, now, I don't I know. Think that, I think legitimately they should have put Flacco in last year against the Chargers. Eventually, I tapped long enough to get Tom Brady. Long enough. Long enough. <laughs> it took me quite a few tries. How many quarterbacks Brady. are there in the league right now that you would feel comfortable with? That I would feel comfortable going down in one drive. Um... I'd give it to Brady and Rodgers, Breeze, Luck, Mahomes. I want to say Deshaun Watson. I don't know. How about like Russell Wilson, Phillip okay, River, yeah. Phillip Rivers, and Carson Wentz? Yes, yes, and not yet. Really? Not yet with Carson Not Wentz. yet with he Carson was Wentz. Be an MVP, he was going to be. And back then I would say yes, but he hasn't quite recovered from that enough for me to trust him. Cam Newton, I'd probably say yes to. Really? I do not have any confidence really? in Cam Newton. Okay. Yeah. How about Ben Roethlisberger? No. No? Ben Roethlisberger is one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he's at home. On the road, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> he's so flip-flop. Okay, maybe if you have a home game then, would you maybe, give it maybe, to him? <laughs> maybe, yeah. It's the same thing with Cam Newton. Cam Newton, like, he's consistent, but he's consistently inconsistent. Okay. Yeah. How about Mitch Trubisky? No, he can't pass left. Stafford? Probably. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, he's really good in the fourth quarter. And I want to amend my Deshaun Watson thing. If Will Fuller is healthy and on the field, that's, because he's one of the best true. downfield yeah, receivers yeah, in yeah. the game, I think that I'd be okay with that. Um, how about Dak Prescott? No. I wouldn't either. Not even close. I just don't see it in Dak Prescott. And I know the... Yeah, this might be a thing. Alex Smith, yes, 1,000%. Okay, yeah. I would take Alex Smith. Healthy Alex Smith, yeah. Yep. I'd be okay with that. Alex Smith wins games, man. He That's does. He does. He, he, the numbers aren't necessarily overwhelmingly impressive, but he since, does win games. Since 2013, he's got the third most wins in the league, behind Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. A couple more here. Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Not yet. I, I hated... I'm a Niners fan. Uh-huh. I hated that they gave him a contract. Is that right? Seven games. Seven games, and they're like, oh, he's ready. How about Nick Mullen? No. <laughs> like, I think Jimmy Garoppolo it will be fine. I think he's a franchise-caliber quarterback. But to make him the highest-paid quarterback, no, no, no. Uh, I tell you what, a couple more here. Uh, Derek Carr? Maybe three years ago. Yeah, maybe three years ago. How about Baker? No. I don't trust any of those new guys yet. All I right. think, I th- you know what's crazy is I think Josh Allen has the highest like ceiling cap right now. You take you a look at so? take a look at some of the stuff he did last year. It was incredible. They put a good offensive line in front of him. I think he could be something. Dan Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. A little over time, so we owe you a timeout. When we come back, we have a brand new College World Series champion. That is softball, and that's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pad on ESPN-UP. Danner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along. Here is your Sports Center update. Gianni Infantino was re-elected as FIFA president yesterday. Infantino, 49, ran unopposed after taking over for Sepp Blatter in 2016. The Detroit Tigers are shutting down Miguel Cabrera as a fielder. They plan on using him only as a DH due to chronic knee issues. And finally... 
Taco Fall will become the fifth player in NBA history to wear size 22 sneakers. He joins Will Perdue, Dikembe Mutombo, Bob Lanier, and Shaq. That is your Sports Center update. Man, size 22. Yeah. It's a tall dude. Do you know, I, I don't know why I know this random fact, but do you know the largest shoe ever worn, what size it was? In the NBA? No, just in general. 28? 37. 37? Worn by a man who was 8 foot 11. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Yikes. Yeah. Could only imagine, like... I saw it on a game show once. You, you can't be healthy and living no, like no, that, No, no, he, 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 he did not live a long time. That's that's too bad, but yeah. my gosh. Imagine imagine being 8 foot 11. Oh, man. Speaking of game show, did you see Jeopardy James ended? His streak, yeah, his streak is over? Yeah. Streak was I ended. Did not see, I did not see the episode where he lost, but I, I heard about it. I didn't see any episode where Jeopardy James was on there. I do know that the parents of the contestant who beat him... Are from my hometown. Really cool, yeah. That's kind of how cool. about that. She lives in like D.C. or something now, but her parents are from Storm Lake, Iowa. Grandparents still live there. Nice. So how about that? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, why not get a little shout out? How about you as well, Chapman? You, the champs mm-hmm. of the Division Three baseball world, they win the College World Series at the D three level in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, yeah. at a stadium I've called many a game from. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's great that this happens just because. Chapman's Chapman's baseball program doesn't get enough credit. They won what I think four or five, I think four, four D three World Series. Now the Skyhawk is such a good baseball conference. I mean, Whitty, uh, not Whittier, but uh, Cal Lutheran is usually really good as mm-hmm. well. Claremont McKenna is usually really good, and a lot of the times they they do challenge Division two, II, Division one opponents like in the early parts of the season. So the fact that they were able to get this done was great. Jonathan Hernandez, who had an amazing game in the semifinal, I believe. He's also a sports broadcaster, so I'm happy to see him succeed as well. Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, did they make the trip up to Cedar Rapids? Yeah. Well, well who? Did, who the, the broadcast team. No, they did not. They did, but Jonathan Hernandez on the team. Okay, the there you team. go. But, and there's another thing. You and I both worked with the Northwoods League last year. I yes. don't know if you remember, but Jonathan Hernandez was a member of the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters. Well, they were in the other division, so I never yeah. saw them. I did see Christian Cosby. Covered mm-hmm. him yeah, when yeah. he was with Duluth. We were actually on the bus when he got the phone call. He was drafted 14th round by the Royals. That was pretty fun. Yeah. There, there are a lot of good players. Like, Chapman has some good guys. I mean, Tyler Cook last year got drafted by the Atlanta Braves. Who else was there? Uh, Gavin Blodgett, I think, got drafted got drafted last year or this year as well. So, yeah, they have they have a lot of good guys coming out of that program. Nobody that's made it to the majors yet, but enough to where you can be like, hey, we get guys drafted. Well, Chapman wins the Division Three Baseball World Series. UCLA last night walks off in the Women's College World Series. They sweep the best of three series from Oklahoma, two games to nothing. Right after Oklahoma down to their final out, cranks a solo home run to tie it. UCLA says not so fast, and they ended up winning the national championship. funny UCLA my mom went to UCLA but hmm. UCLA has the most national championships like across all sports combined of any program in America but they have never won a football championship is that right yeah how about that they crank out a lot of tennis titles golf and tennis stuff titles, like that swimming there you go yeah stuff like that but they cannot the only time I think they've ever been ranked number one in football is when Troy Aikman was their quarterback 
That might be right. That sounds about right. A lot of people yeah. forget Troy Aikman went to UCLA. Yeah. yeah. Only reason I know is because my mom went there. <laughs> if she didn't, I, I would not know that. Troy Aikman and Joe Buck fighting over their universities. Because like, didn't they play each other? Didn't I think this year UCLA and Indiana played each other in basketball, and they chose to fight over that in the Fox Sports booth. You got to fight over that. You have no, to. Nothing runs deeper than your college blood. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing runs deeper than your alma maters you haven't been to in years playing college basketball while you're covering football. Yeah, I mean, I still root for Chapman going well, up sure. against anybody. I mean, I'm, uh, you still want Notre Dame to, to beat everybody, right? Of course, I want yeah. Notre Dame to win. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. I can't close the yearbook quite yet. Okay. Got too much invested. Uh, but I tell you what, they win the Women's College World Series last night. The Men's College World Series, the road to Omaha thinning out. They are down to the Super Regional round. UCLA Baseball, they're still in it, and they're playing the Michigan Wolverines in a Super Regional this weekend in L.A. They are trying to become the first top overall national seed to win the College World Series since 1999 when Miami did so. That's weird to think about. Isn't that weird? Baseball is so fickle. Yeah, and they nearly got bounced in the Regional round. It's it's the whole argument behind the 162-game regular season in Major League Baseball. It's because... Baseball is so back and forth. Like, yes, the best team will eventually win out the Boston Red Sox last year. But in one game, I mean, Clayton Kershaw can get beat by the Marlins when Mm -hmm. they're plus 325 in Vegas. So many things can happen. Like, if if baseball was always fair, Max Scherzer would never lose a baseball game. Right. But he does. Yep. So that's just one of those things where I, I hate the I hate the double elimination thing. You need to have series. If baseball was fair, Chase Anderson would have thrown a perfect game last night against the Marlins. Instead, he threw the home run derby. Did you get a chance <laughs> yeah. to see that? If baseball was fair, Armando Galarraga would have ended up <laughs> with that perfect game. Uh, the anniversary of that was a couple of days ago, I think. Dang, really? I think it was June 2nd, 2010 that Who happened. Who was that against? The Indians? That was against the Indians. Oh, I'm so good. Jim Joyce's most infamous moment. You know, he still won. Uh, the players still voted him as the best umpire that year. Yeah, he Not handled it well. Galarraga yeah. handled it well. It's just tough to think because he was a good umpire. Yeah, People are going to remember umpire. him, though, for that moment, even though throughout his career he was a consistently good umpire. Yeah, got to call a lot of the World Series. That mm-hmm. just shows how much the players trusted him. Tell you what, and just speaking of anniversaries, today is the 34th anniversary of the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm, Nobody realizes that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of sad, but uh, <laughs> not that it, that's a favorite movie, just the... Subject material, I guess. Uh, But no one realizes that movie came out in early June, yet it's set during the school year. That's the only thing that disheartens me about it. Otherwise, it's a great movie. Well, I mean, there's still some schools going on right here. I mean, the Ghani is still in the middle middle of their exams. I don't think they were supposed to, though. Not supposed to, but, you know, a couple snow days here and there. you got to push it back. And they live in Illinois, don't they? I think that movie's set sure. in Illinois because they go to a Cubs game. I like that movie a lot, but I don't know it well enough. I think it's Illinois, and it doesn't well, snow as bad y- there. Y- it could be like halfway in between, Illinois, like somewhere on the border of Illinois and Michigan. If they, I don't think they touch each other, do they? Illinois and Michigan? I No, I don't think they do. I think Wisconsin does, and then I think the lake borders it. Well, uh, doesn't Indiana do? Indiana okay. touches Michigan, because, yeah. Because, what's his name, Casey? Casey. Who, what's the friend's name? Not Ferris. Um, the guy wearing the Gordie Howe jersey. Yeah, because he's a Red Wings fan. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe he just likes Gordie Howe. 
Yeah, that's true, too. I've got jerseys of teams I don't like. That's true. I've got a Phoenix Coyotes jersey from the 90s. I love wearing that. I have a, I have a, um, a Max Scherzer jersey. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Well, at home. But, yeah. No Tigers stuff for me. Probably should get on that. Maybe. I don't Who know. would you get for the Tigers? Right now? No, or a throwback. Just and like if I were to get a Sharks jersey, I mean I have a hurdle one on right now, mm-hmm. a T-shirt. But if I were to get a Sharks jersey, it'd probably be like Vinny Dampus or something. Not necessarily somebody from right now. My favorite Tiger of all time. That's tough being a Twins fan. <laughs> uh, I love Miggy. I don't know how anyone can't like him. I liked Ivan Rodriguez growing up. Pudge. Good old Pudge. Pudge. I was thinking Maglio or Donez. Hey, there's a name. Mm-hmm. I like Maglio. I liked him back or, or, in the day. Or Javer Verlander. Okay, yeah, I could, yeah, I could see Verlander. Oh. You know, I got a lot of good Tigers from a, yeah. At least it's not a Yankees jersey. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember I was buying uh, last year when they had the baseball World Cup, and that's not what they call it, World Baseball Classic, <laughs> and I was buying a Team USA jersey. And if John Carlo hadn't gotten traded to the Yankees right before that, I would have gotten him. Instead, I went with Posey. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. that. I thought you might. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, Verlander, I could roll with him. I could yeah. be okay with that. I could go with Adam Jones, too. There making you go. Great, making that great catch on Manny. Won the, pretty much won the World Baseball Classic <laughs> for USA. But, yeah, he's, he's always been a good guy. Kaylee Kirby, part of ABC 10, actually knows Adam Jones. So. Is that right? Yeah, well, you... you did you know this? Her dad was the uh, was the outfield coach for the for the Orioles. Is that right? Yeah. How about Jack, that? Well, Wayne Kirby. It's famous people right in the backyard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I tell you what. Yeah, I like thinking about old jerseys, and yeah, I love throwback jerseys. Is the thing. Yeah. Like sports in the '90s. When I look back at old games, like the old graphics and everything, and the old jerseys, like in the '90s. I think I like sports better back then. The old Anaheim Ducks jerseys. There you go. Yeah. When they were purple. Yeah, good old purple. And they should have kept that. I don't understand a lot of they this. They had one, I mean, Chapman's right next to Anaheim, so I've been to a couple mm. Ducks games when I was there. They had one night where they threw it back to that, and everybody at Chapman had to go to that game. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to wear that jersey. Yeah. The Timu Solani days. Back in the day. Timu yeah. Solani, former Shark as well. Yes, but I remember him with the Ducks. Yeah, nobody ever remembers <laughs> him with the Sharks. It's like trying to remember that. Gretzky was a blue. Wasn't Brett Favre a Falcon? Yes. Yeah. He was a Falcon. That's actually a pretty cool jersey. I like the Falcons' black jerseys, the red outline and the red helmets. It's hard to mess up the Falcons' logo. Yeah, it is. It is. It's hard to mess up that color scheme. I kind of like that helmet when it was red. I don't know. I like the old jerseys they had back in the 90s. Those were cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I really like the New England Patriots logo, the one, yes. where, the one where it's a Patriot at center. Like Westwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah, kind of yeah. have one similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Westwood Patriots. Westwood Patriots. Oh, there yeah. you go. Oh, with that, let's take our last time out. When we come back, we got more nonsense to break down for you. We'll throw a little baseball, maybe some sports in there, too, since we're allowed to do that. Next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand with our free mobile app. Get it from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. You can use that app to hear the NBA Finals this evening, Game 3 from Oracle Arena, as Golden State takes on Toronto Series tied at 1. 
We look to the MLB a little bit. Big loss for the Phillies yesterday. Andrew McCutcheon, one of the good guys in baseball, really good outfielder as well, has been a big part of that Phillies team that's doing so well this year. Tears his ACL a couple of nights ago. He's done for the year. Yeah. Big loss. Big loss. Probably the best outfielder they have. (laughs) I was waiting to see how long it would take for something like that to happen. Uh, I'm it's a battle of attrition right now for their outfielders. Herrera gets arrested last week, and Al McCutcheon tears his ACL. Yeah, I mean they still got Hoskins. And I love I love Hoskins, mm-hmm. especially in the not not in the outfield. They've got him. They've got well, they can put him behind the plate, and then Harper probably is their best outfielder now. That's sad to think about. <laughs> I mean, you're never gonna let that go I'm, until he proves me wrong, man. He had one one great year, and now everybody's like, oh. And Trouder equals. No. I saw these power rankings the other day for American League MVP, and Mike Trout is still at the top of them. What is he doing to prove that he's the MVP? He's, he's underwhelming for his contract. He's got an OPS over 1,000 goals. For what he's getting paid, it's not great. Yeah, but I mean, it's also early in the season. You never doubt Mike Trout. Mike Trout has never had a bad season ever. He's been top five in war every single year. He's the only player in Major League Baseball history. To lead the or to lead the MLB in WAR in five of his first seven full seasons, he is Kratos. He is Ares. He is a god of war. So, I never, I'm never going to doubt him ever. He could be out for six months of the season, and I'd still think he might win MVP. They've got some interesting candidates up there for AL MVP. Some I wouldn't expect, like Luke Voigt in the season that he's having oh, early he- on. He's a guy I was looking at. I yeah. think he's going to be. He's going to be great. I like Luke Voigt. He was. I don't even like the Yankees. How did, how did he end up from the Cardinals to the Yankees? Exactly. They thought Matt Carpenter is going to be better oh, than him. Okay. Okay. And it, I guess it worked out because they got Paul Goldschmidt. Well, Matt Carpenter did end up like he's, he he's, played he's, pretty well. Yeah, he's now doing really well. I think I'd rather have Luke Voigt though. Well, because Luke Voigt's younger. But in terms of just Matt Carpenter was proven, then he had about two bad years, and now he's back. I think he's really good now. And now you can play him at third base. Yeah. So you can keep both he him play and Goldschmidt at the lineup. He, he can probably play anywhere on the infield except shortstop. Yeah, I wouldn't put him at short. Who is the shortstop? Isn't he pretty good? Paul DeYoung? Paul DeYoung. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So, no, they've got, they're pretty good at where they are right now. Um, Eddie Rosario is up there as he, a he top to five candidate for AL MVP. I like that. The, the, the best player on the best team needs to always get a chance. I like that. Bust, I mean, doesn't even matter about stats. Buster Posey did not deserve the 2012 MVP. <laughs> But he, I mean, he won because he was the best player on the best team. Yep. Uh, Jorge Polanco, the guy that not a lot of people are talking about. And mm-hmm. I listened to the Twins broadcast last night, and they said if you would have told them that the bet, because they were playing Cleveland, that if you would have told them the starting shortstop for the AL All-Star team would be in this series, you'd think, yeah, it's Lindor. Uh, might be Jorge Polanco <laughs> right now. He's just- second the AL in batting average only because Austin Meadows finally has enough at-bats to qualify. Yeah, Austin Meadows is great, too. He is. He really is something special. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of players on the Rays, too. More more so the pitching, but mm-hmm. the Tigers just beat Blake Snell. Yes, they did. Blake That's Snell's 3-5. and five. What's going on with him? Oh, no, man. It's, it, I mean, it's like the same thing that happened with Syndergaard. Syndergaard was supposed to be the next big thing. Blake mm-hmm. Snell was supposed to be the next big thing. And all of a sudden, they're not even the best pitcher on their own team. It's like Snell was, last year, the biggest thing was because his offense was terrible. Would not mm-hmm. help him out. And this year, the Rays are good. And Snell is just not performing. It's like the opposite of what happened last and year with Justin the Mets. And Justin Verlander keeps rolling on. <laughs> uh, yeah, he now passes Cy Young on the all-time strikeouts list. Pretty good when you can pass the yeah. guy the award's named after. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. But still, I think he only had, he's won a Cy Young before, right? Yeah. Okay, good. But he's come second, what, three years in a row now? Probably. Yeah. Sounds about right. 
Yeah. I tell you what, though, uh, you look at some of those all-star teams and who we could end up seeing. I, I It's way too early to be predicting the all-star teams. I think voting is open. I, I haven't voted yet, actually. I haven't either. I need to get on that. I need I've to start voting. I've been falling voting. behind on my, on my MLB knowledge. That's not good. <laughs> uh, did you get a chance to watch either Tigers or Brewers last night? Brewers was not Bre- worth Bre- watching. Yeah. 37-minute half inning in which they give up 11 runs, a franchise record for you know, Miami. The, the Giants just got swept by the Marlins. And Are the I Marlins thought, figuring it out? No, they're not figuring it out. The Giants are just awful. But then I was like, oh my gosh, the Giants are so bad. Then they lose the first game of the series to Baltimore. I'm like, oh my goodness, they're so bad. But then they go out and what What was the final score, 19 nothing? Uh, Miami against yeah. Milwaukee, 16 nothing. 16 nothing. They had 19 hits. Okay. Yeah, 16 nothing. I'm like, ah, you know, the Giants, they, they ain't that bad. <laughs> Uh, it was at home, too, and I and Chase Anderson was undefeated. That's just one of those inexplainable things. It's baseball. Yeah, and that's why I hate the double elimination. Back to college baseball, that's why I hate double elimination. Record-wise, the five worst teams in Major League Baseball last night, according to record, all of them won. They went 5-0, and and they outscored their opponents by about 25 runs. It's baseball. Because man. baseball. Yeah. How insane is it, though? Uh, but no, I don't know if the Marlins are figuring things out or not. No, Mar- there's no way. If the Marlins do figure it out, then Derek Jeter is a genius. But I did not know until last night that Starlin Castro played for the Marlins. I did not realize that. I, don't, I follow a lot of NL baseball. He, he, he's another guy who, where it's like he's still kind of good, but you, right. forget, you forget he exists. Doesn't Curtis Granderson play for them too? Yep. Curtis Granderson's there. I know Derek Garrett Dietrich, Cooper is there. Derek Dietrich is really good. Brian Anderson's pretty good. Derek Dietrich went to Cincy. You're right. He did. He did. Oh, my gosh. He's playing well for Cincy, too, is the thing. Yeah. He's actually found his home run bat. Yeah. Maybe they should have hung on to him. Probably. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe they should have hung on to Christian Yelich, John Carlos Stanton, Marcelo Zuna. Think about what JT their Real offense Mido. could be right now. Even uh, Justin Bohr a few years ago. Yeah. Remember him? Their offense would be insane right now. Justin Bohr has cooled off since his rookie year when he finished top five in rookie of the year voting, but he's still got some to contribute. I think yeah. he's still got some left in the tank. If they if their team was still intact, and like let's say they also had Jose Fernandez, yeah. they'd be insane. They'd be be, in, they have two former MVPs, mm-hmm. the best catcher in baseball, don't at me, <laughs> and another huge run producer in Marcelo Zuna, and then still Justin Bohr to add off to it, Derek Dietrich, Brian Anderson, who was second in rookie of the year a couple of years ago, I believe. So, yeah, the, I don't know what happened. They imploded. You're awfully high on Real Mudo. I, yeah. I think he is the best catcher I am in baseball? A, I am a Giants fan, and Real Mudo is the best catcher in baseball. There's a debate to be had there. There is. I mean, there's a case to be made for Real Mudo. He, he I haven't seen a, okay, 2012 Buster Posey, 2008 Joe Maurer. Okay. 2009 Joe Maurer, sorry. Yeah, there you the go. The only catchers in recent memory I've seen have better strings of success than Real Mudo's had in the last two years. I might throw Pudge Rodriguez, like 07, up around okay. there, okay. and mid-2000s Posada. What about Yachty? Do you think Yachty ever gets up there? Yachty's been kind of plateauing just, at a high level for I the last I think Yachty's years. just a step below. I like can see he, that. He, but he's been consistent for a much longer right. time. But he's never had any one season where I think he shoots into that stretch. He's been consistent plateauing at a high level, but he's never really had that peak where he's yeah. had a one season where he just goes on a tear. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not denying his glove work. He's right. he's phenomenal. Best framer. He's another pitching coach out there, and he's great at throwing out base runners. But 
Villamudu can steal bases. Mm-hmm. He hits for contact. He hits for power. He's healthy. He's young. He's a leader. He, he he's he's better than Harper. Okay, that's a hot take, but we're all about hot takes here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when when Harper signed with the Phillies, I said that um, I tweeted out. I was like, I don't get what that, what the hype is. I think Harper's the fourth best player on that team now. Uh, maybe and, and, no. Everybody was tweeting. Everybody was calling me. They were like, "Okay, who are the th- who are the three better players?" And I was always like, "Hoskins, Nola, and Real Mudo." And everybody thought I was crazy, but yeah. There's a case to be made there. I would say that you're right as far as consistent productivity, ceiling, and potential. I still think Harper's oh, is better yeah. than those. Yeah, but if we were going off of potential, Anthony Bennett would be an all star every year. <laughs> Hey, Johnny Flynn, yeah. taking over Steph Curry. Johnny Flynn would have reached his potential. Exactly. Greg Oden. Darko Militich would be something. Whatever happened to some of these guys. I'm thinking back to like 2011 now. Ricky Rubio, the Wolves are talking about maybe bringing him back. Neftali Feliz. The former closer for the Rangers. Jose Valverde. Yeah. Let's just bring him back. Yeah. If 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 candy if ifs and buts were candy, I'll have a merry Christmas. Whatever that means. It means the potential <laughs> doesn't mean anything nowadays. Who gets candy and nuts for Christmas? Uh, not me. I'm allergic to nuts. I've literally never gotten nuts for Christmas once in my life. You've gotten candy though. Right. And I mean, you're telling me that never at a Christmas Eve party there have been like a platter of nuts or whatever, just like a little snacking table. Never. Never. Never once. Okay. No. I'm allergic to nuts. I'm deathly allergic to nuts, and my family brings out the platter of nuts for Christmas Eve. I think I was allergic to peanuts when I was little, but I grew out of it. Lucky you. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I don't know. I was allergic to eggs when I was young, but I grew out of it. I did develop a cat allergy, if that makes you feel any better. I'm also allergic to cat allergies. Are you? I'm allergic to like 900 things. I get like, my eyes get all puffy or whatever. Like, if I go to my grandparents' house when they have two cats or whatever, then, you know, I can't be in the same room with them. Yeah. Oh well, it's like I go over to my coworker Dan's house. He's got two cats. Can't do it. That's why I'm a dog person. Yep. Ah, uh, shoot, we have a good time. Appreciate you as always, my of man. Course, What's man. going on at ABC Ten? We need to know about a lot of good stuff. Over the weekend, I'm heading down to Lansing for the NASCAR Cup Series race. All right. That's going to be good. I'm going to catch up with Christopher Bell, who I was able to interview last week and talk to. So he's going to be racing the Xfinity Series, which is happening on Saturday, and NASCAR Cup Series happening on Sunday, and of course. Thursday Throwdown is going to be coming back. It's not going to air tomorrow, but it's going to be with Division One tennis star. Didn't win the Division One championship. Lost in the finals, but Chaz Kumpala. So. How about that? All right, I like that. Say hi to Ryan Marine down there. Uh, he held my position a few years ago, but okay. he's going to be down there. He's involved in racing, and he loves that stuff. So Never been to be an NASCAR event before, so I'm right? looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. Haven't either, I can't can't say. Uh, also, do want to plug that uh, Sand Speedway. They're starting the 2019 season on Sunday. Had Stan in here earlier today. Was uh, recording some stuff with him. Stan Whitler, the track manager. So, that'd be fun if you want to yeah, check that, that out. that could be good. Uh, but I tell you what, that's it for us. We will see you tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 3 Central on ESPN, UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.